people deluded i'm back again thank you very much to tune in back into another edition of the deluded podcast it means the world and if you're tuning in for the first time make sure you hit all of them notifications because you know once you hear deluded you know the football opinions are authentic and them things there so yeah shout out to everybody um yeah man um still adjusting to this podcast stuff i'm not gonna lie man it's very hard like at the moment i'm staring i keep staring up into a camera that's not facing me keep remembering i need to speak into a mic but it's been an eventful week in the premier league um and football in general um so we might as well speak about a few topics and a few things i've got to say let's kick off with previewing and reviewing the premier league action car we've been missing that one arsenal we're in dream world we're gonna have to normally i save arsenal till last as you know but we're starting with arsenal first because we won prior to the game we had 13 draws couldn't tell you the last time arsenal picked three points up arsenal at one point it weren't looking like we was going to win again but you know we've won four nil i was at the game you know, taking off my excitement hat for a second. We turned it around in the second half. First half, we were quite poor by our standards. We weren't really creating much. Um, Newcastle played a 4-5-1. It was quite difficult to break that down, people. And on top of... Because no disrespect to Newcastle, you know, that, 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 that formation has been working for them. And I felt they were, you know... They were doing their thing in the first half. They weren't really troubling us, but they were doing their thing. Um, we needed to kind of break the lines. I feel Sobios was superb. Sobios, even in the first half when no one was really shining, um, and it kind of ties onto the point I'm trying to get at, is that obviously when a team comes and they're going to be compact, they're going to try and limit the space that your creative players can get onto. On top of your players... Um, needing to obviously go forward you, someone needs to be a bit brave and not all the time because you're on a waste possession try and skip the first second pass and try and go long try to you know that breaking the line sort of pass i feel only sabios was on that from the start long story short second half we turned it around ozil turned on the source lacazette came on and got his goal pepe we can't not hail him up he was up there with the goals and assists abamian was there again Xhaka played well um, everybody played well and the only one I felt was really off a level if I'm really honest was really Bellerin I don't really feel Bellerin played that well but what can I say 4-0 clean sheet as well and we go marching on <clears throat> we've got Everton at the weekend and we'll get on to the upcoming action but three points for Arsenal we're 10th at this moment in time um, I'm sure Everton are ninth. so going into that game you can win that we just simply move up the table Norwich played Liverpool and Liverpool won one nil and you know they showed they're a good side and when you're playing well sometimes you get these things happen for you. I thought Norwich worked hard and they worked hard and they can leave that performance with some pride. But at the end of the day, they lost. Liverpool keep marching on. It's a foregone conclusion that they're going to win the league. And <clears throat> what's it? Four or five games. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Left before it's done. So they're very much champions elect. For Norwich, as well as I think, you know, losing to one one nil against Liverpool, even as an Arsenal fan, that's not a that's you know it is what it is, especially this Liverpool side. But if we're harsh, it's three points gone. Now they knew it was a free hit, you know, beating Liverpool's tough, but it's it's three points gone. Forget Liverpool for a second. Realize Norwich are in a relegation battle. Um, for Norwich, they've done uh, despite the fact they're in a relegation battle, they've earned some plaudits, and the neutrals can see them in the Premier League. They've been playing fairly all right, you know. They don't they're not one of these sides that come up here and you know they they try and play football. They've got Cantwell, they've got Max Aaron's, Jamal Lewis, Ben Godfrey, Buendia. And all couple other men here and there. The problem is if they go down, I'm sure not everybody will leave. But and especially with the English premium. But how do you hold on? Surely Max Aaron's gets a move. 
United just bought Wamba Saka. Chelsea seems stuck with that. Um, I wouldn't mind at Arsenal, but you know we just bought Suarez and Bellerin in. Uh, well, Bellerin's already been there. We've got Suarez to come. Um, obviously, Liverpool. You could make a case for Liverpool to compete with Trent, but that's a tough ask. Um, you could really you can make a case for Spurs. Really, Spurs. You know, it, it, if I would, you know what? It, it, they're technically a Champions League side if they qualify. But Leicester, I would scheme on that because imagine because Pereira at right back's been playing fairly all right. You sell him. I don't know, European club must buy him. Imagine you sell him, you bring in Max Aarons, you know, they're calm and they got that James Justin, you formerly of Luton, um, Vontae Daly Campbell, former Arsenal youngster. They stopped with there and whether these players make it there or not, you know, they either make it or you make a change. Um, clearly, you look and see I'm a big Max Aarons fan. Um, so there's not really anywhere you can go, but you can go anywhere in the Premier League, man. Just stay in the Premier League, really. Or, you know, young English footballers through different means and different times of their careers have been going Germany. Imagine Salzburg or... Not Salzburg, I'm, I'm, I'm lying to you lot. Um, Leipzig or, or Dortmund or one of these clubs bid for Max Aaron. Surely he'll take that. It's Champions League football. I know they've got Hakimi on loan, but... Yeah, when I think about it, where would the Max Aaron's go? Cantwell's been linked with Liverpool. You know, Lallana out, Cantwell into the squad. You never know what could happen for you. Couple other players, Ben Godfrey's been linked with Arsenal for fifty million. Whether there's legs in that or not is another thing. Um, but we'll have to see. Um, yeah, moving away from that, you saw Manchester City win two 0 against West Ham in their game in hand, and they did their job. We'll get onto it later, but obviously, you know, City are in the the news for other things really with the Champions League. Um, Manchester United beat Chelsea two 0 Obviously. Was it Aspilicueta with the whole Fred thing? That's a big mark on it. But, I mean, Ole Gullis has got pressure on him. 1-2-0 away from home at the bridge. Martial scored again. It's 2-0. And it puts pressure on Lampard. I feel you have to look at it delicately because you can ask question marks of Lampard. Game management, tactically, and all of these things like, like you should do as any manager. But I think when you consider, and this is, I'm an outsider. I'm not telling Chelsea fans this. And this is just my two pence and my irrelevant two pence people. Um... You gotta look at it like this first and foremost. Chelsea, nobody I'm sure Chelsea fans go back to August with the ban, Lampard coming in. Obviously Lampard's one of their own essentially via West Ham, but they weren't uh, let's just put it short. Where, um, Chelsea fans weren't expecting too much to scream and shout about this season. You know, they were doing their thing. They were still question marks, but they were doing their thing. They were fourth. And many like they found themselves in a in a better position than expected. Um so they've got to keep that in mind. Obviously, by the fl- same flip of that coin. Regardless of what they thought pre pre season, to be in this position and let's call it what it is, Chelsea have made the top four position harder for themselves unnecessarily. They're gonna have to hold it L for that because I don't know. Chelsea do seem a bit predictable. It's the most predictable I've really seen Chelsea. Obviously, sorry was sorry's Chelsea fairly were fairly predictable, but it's like if. You know, you know, they need another striker. No disrespect to Tammy, he does his thing. But if Tammy's not there, you don't really know who's going to get the goals. Obviously, William and that pop up. Uh, it's backwards passes. They try and play forward. Obviously, they play dramatically better football than Arsenal. But it's very predictable with Chelsea. And that's something I guess Lampard will have to address. I guess I'm saying there's no plan B for Chelsea, really and truly. And they came back against Arsenal and, and, and obviously did their thing. We scored and we didn't beat them at the bridge. So they know how to come back. But... You do get the vibe. If you go ahead of Chelsea, uh, go ahead against Chelsea in a game, I'm sure managers think of this. If you go ahead of Chelsea in games, you have half a chance of taking of taking three points in that Chelsea they score goals, but it's not it's like they don't it's 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 like they have trouble creating chances and taking the chances and things. And obviously they were like that last season and 
listen, anyone will miss Hazard. He's a brilliant footballer, world class footballer. Um, but yeah, man, um, Chelsea are making fourth harder, harder than it needs to be. Or the race for fourth, they could have been running away with this in the same way Liverpool ran away with it. Um, if you're a Spurs fan, you're scheming. Obviously, Arteta's men, I think it's unrealistic for us, but we're still scheming. Everyone that's not in the top four position is scheming on that. Um, so watch your backs, Chelsea. Um, Aston Villa. Hard done by, obviously, it's an important three points at this moment in time in the season now for not just Spurs, but anyone winning 3-2. Spurs winning 3-2 against Aston Villa. Um, I'm not trying to blame people, but this is the difference between staying in the Premier League or the Championship. Your concentration levels have to be high. And I can't remember his name. That centre-half, I'm sure he was at fault for two of the the, the, the Spurs goals. Sorry, you, Your concentration has to be there. Your team is fighting relegation. And... I think Aston Villa, again, like Norwich, Aston Villa put in a great performance, a good shift, really fought hard against Spurs. Douglas Costa, Douglas Luiz, sorry, should have even scored. Um, but at the end of the day, it's three points dropped in a relegation fight. It's three points gone. That's all it matters. And considering they could have at least got a point from this, they, they shot themselves in the foot. Obviously, I'm not trying to blame Man and say it was just him because at the end of the day, they conceded three goals. Um, it's not that it's not he is the pillar to blame in my opinion in, in that he weren't concentrated but if we was to go back and look at the sequences of all of Spurs' goals or what led to it I'm sure it's not just his fault so the whole team needs to go in the draw, go back to the drawing board of such people Watford who are also fighting relegation drew 1-1 against Brighton our next opponents Everton defeated Crystal Palace 3 goals to 1 and Spurs Villa I keep mixing, mixing up names um Everton are laughing, man, since Carlo Ancelotti came, man. I'm I'm scared of Carlo right now because I don't want him to come to the Emirates and say, yo, you lot, I wanted to come to you lot. You lot don't employ me. You wanted a novice in Arteta, yeah? Cool, I'm going to do Italian job on you, man. Listen, they're doing their thing. They're doing what they need to do, man. That 4-4-2, Carlo Ancelotti ain't got the statistics to hand people, but he's more or less revitalised that side. They've been taking a lot of points now. Still not perfect. They do have time. I think they can see too many gaps in their formation. There are some things that teams can exploit, but three points is three points. Sheffield United beat Bournemouth two goals to one, and it seems to still be a season to suck for Bournemouth. Um, I think that's that. Well, it was a nil-nil draw in relation to Wolves and 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 Le and Leicester. On, was it? Was that last Friday? I'm pretty sure it was. VAR. Obviously, I'm not going to harp on about VAR, but VAR playing a part again, and they really need to fine tune that. Try fine tune that. I'm not going to get into the specifics. Was it? Won't it? Wasn't it? Was it? Uh, but it is what it is. So that's the Premier League review done. So let's speak about the games that we've got coming up, people. Now, Crystal Palace welcome Newcastle. And that's going to be a tasty game at 3 o'clock. The big game on this game week is obviously Chelsea against Spurs. Chelsea just lost to rivals Man United, fellow top six rivals. With all the pressure and all the micro and macro issues at Chelsea and question marks on the players and the management, do I really need to tell you what losing this game would do? Equally, do I really need to tell you guys potentially what three points could do, not just for the table, but for a temporary relief? Because obviously you have to go out and put some consistency now because we're approaching the end of the season. It's about getting to the finish line. But it's a, at the end of the day, it's a London derby. Spurs, obviously I'm pretty sure... They're happy about beating Villa, but I'm sure if most Spurs fans are real, they made that three points harder than it has to be. And regardless of question marks over Chelsea, they're going to need to be better than that. Obviously, there's a lot of injuries. We've seen Sons broke his arm or fractured his arm. And Jose said he doesn't expect him to play this season, um, whether it happens again. Deli Ali is out of form. Harry Kane is obviously injured. We'll get on to the Champions League, but I think the new 
Spurs signings they deployed against Leipzig were the only real bright sparks for that game. But there's a lot of injuries. Whether Troy Parrott will get the opportunity, you seem to think there's got to be a time to come where you've got to use him because it seems like there's no one now. I mean, they, there's always something you can do, but surely you want an out-and-out striker there. Um, you could have rid with Son. Son's obviously complicated matters. They've still obviously got got tasty options in that i'm still fit I, obviously i'm a new sign i just come from psv bird and that um, i'm still fit and trying my thing for spurs <laughs> banner aside they've still got bird um they've still got bird um obviously more is there lacelso has been coming into his own in my opinion second half of the season um i don't know what jose's problem is per se with endon Bile, but if he stays fit he's a player that's very creative um in my opinion and and whatnot obviously it's still a big ox but end of the day spurs this is what happens in the season the players the management everybody's gonna have to come together to get top four if they want that and I hope as a neutral that it's full of, it's full of drama. I'm not going to lie to you lot people. I hope it's full of drama. I hope it's full of mad things. Eyes poking. VAR shagging someone. You know, red cards. Early goals. I'm hoping it's a madness. I want it, I want Spurs to be Spursy. I want Chelsea to come out. And I just want chaos people in that game, man. It's two of the ops. Two of the ops kicking off against each other, man. How could you not favour that? But, um, yeah, man. That would be a tasty game to watch. And that's a 12.30 kickoff, man. They're moving a bit mad. Trying to kick off the Premier League this week a bit, man. Might have to... Hmm, I wonder what the fantasy team is saying, man. Hope that game's not overkill and that it's a nil-nil or nothing or a dream seller. You know when you think a game's going to be mad and it's a dream seller um, sort of thing. I hope it's not that, people. Um, so, yeah, that's the big one. Palace, like I've said, play Newcastle. Burnley against Brighton. Br Brighton. Bournemouth. Sheffield welcome Brighton. Southampton will play Villa again. Big three points on the line for Villa. Leicester play Manchester City. And I've seen Brendan Rodgers' comments in the papers about... City need to know your intentions, how you're aggressive. It's almost a battle cry. Um, and I'd say Leicester had, I wouldn't say a wobble, but Leicester's just looking at them, their performances, their play, they don't really look as sharp as it was at the start. They're still doing their thing, and I still back them to get Champions League. Obviously, I hope they fall out and Arsenal get in, but they're doing their thing. We'll have to see what happens on Saturday in that game. Manchester United against Watford. Watford are fighting rele relegation. It's a real possibility. They welcome United to Old Trafford and it's a gazy game. Oli has question marks, but at the end of the day, he went to Stamford Bridge and he won. Comes back in front of his, not just him, the players come back in front of the home fans. And they're going to need to put, again, like every, like every top six team that's not Liverpool, you need to just start putting runs together. It's not a rocket science. All teams fighting relegation. If you're just on a mid-table thing, then you're cool right now. Um, but yeah, um, we'll see what that game is saying. Obviously, I hope Watford do their thing. Wolves against Norwich. Hopefully, that's one for the hipsters, and hopefully, that's a tasty game full of drama where Norwich take the take the game to them. You know, Norwich um, Wolves. Sorry, probably have a late goal in them. Jimenez and whatnot. Don't know for players' fitnesses and them things there, but you'd imagine Adama Traore is going to savage someone in that game. Um, so it is what it is. Liverpool welcome West Ham, and you just it is what it is. You just know Liverpool are going to win. West Ham are having a shocking season. Fans are not happy. Everybody's not happy. Question marks of the management. David Moyes or question marks already. Pellegrini previously lost his job. So mad for West Ham. Obviously, I'm not going to lie, Liverpool. I salute you lot. Carl, you lot are doing your thing in the Prem. Um, I'm not going to say you're better than Invincibles in that, but a shout out to Liverpool. You can't not admire what they're doing. It, you can't not like Klopp as a person and as a manager. The same goes for many of their players. Like, Don't get me wrong. If you had to ask me my favourite player in Liverpool's side, I would say Sadio Mane or Trent Arnold. It's a toss-up. Um, 
Van Dijk a close second behind the two, if that makes sense. Um, after that, I'd probably say Wijnaldum, you know. I'd say Wijnaldum because I think he's... Maybe shout out to Fabinho as well because I don't really get the love because his, his job ain't really, you know, there's piano players and piano pushers in football. Um, if you don't know what I mean by that, obviously, if you play the piano, you're what everyone pays for. If you push the piano and you're the one who puts the piano into the room to allow everyone to play, no one necessarily sees the Janet who does that. That's not disrespectful to Fabinho. That's just the role. It's like Casemiro. He was pivotal for Real Madrid in the Champions League round, but he is a piano pusher. He's not there to score goals and things. Um... I wanted to be a piano player, but I was a right back, so I was a piano pusher. You just like to push the keys every now and again. Um, um, yeah, you're hoping Liverpool lose that for the invincible thing. But like I said, you can't um, not admire what they're doing. I think Wijnaldum's the most slept on because I just think he's sick, man. Obviously, he previous I'd say, well, he did play previously further forward at, was it PSV in the Eredivisie and at Newcastle. He used to be more of a match winner sort of thing. He's, he still scores goals, and I think I like how he's kept some of that that element but he's you know he's he's more of a not a complete player per se but it's more of a, a, a more duty of the team he, I like how he he makes the runs forward I like how he chips in with couple important goals I like how he usually he, he's just one of them man that I like how they play man he puts in and he's saucy with all the you know the jewelry and the suave he's, you know, he's got good fashion sense man his Instagram's a mad thing <laughs> you gotta salute a real guy a real icy free when you see it but um I think he's the most slept on man I don't really agree with this campaign to give Henderson the PFA, don't get me wrong, shout out to Henderson. I think Henderson is a big player for Liverpool. In, and he's one of them man there. You see what he does. Well, you don't see it, but his influence, potentially in that dressing room and around the ground and the presence, is probably one of them ones there. You only truly comprehend when you're part of the immediate first team and people around. And obviously, he's not a bad footballer. He's got a pass in him. And I think for he's another piano pusher, no disrespect. He does his role. But I can't get behind him PFA shouts. If he gets it, he deserves it. I say, I, I, I per se, but I can't get behind it, people. I'm sorry. But in that Liverpool side, if you're going to give PFA to, to anyone, for me, it's Sadio Mane. Salah hasn't been at his best, but you could probably throw Salah in be before him. I'd even throw Trent in even before him. You've got Van Dijk. Obviously, goalkeepers is a bit funny, but you could throw Alisson. And I'm not using this to... to to, 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 to belittle Henderson or anything I just it's like the media campaign with this agenda or this propaganda to move like he's moving mad right now when he's doing his thing but I'm sorry if he's there's a couple players in that Liverpool if Mane don't get it then it's a conspiracy thing oh, Mane Mane does his thing man and Liverpool are living man I would love to be in that position where I got Mane and, and, and all the different players there man hopefully Arteta can pattern something for us but yeah Liverpool play West Ham Wolves against Man United Watford against United, Wolves against Norwich, Southampton Villa, Leicester Man City, Sheffield United against Brighton, Palace play Newcastle, Chelsea and Spurs play each other, Burnley and Bournemouth play each other and finally you've got Arsenal versus Everton. Now we drew nil-nil at Goodison Park people. Obviously I've kind of touched on it earlier. If I'm Carlo Ancelotti, I'm going here with not healthy arrogance but not overconfidence. If I'm Theo Walcott, I'm coming here with, you know, shout out to the Arsenal fans, but I'm coming here to score goals and show you lot that, you know, I should still be here sort of thing. It will be if it the same. Carlo, the same logic, but for a slightly different reason. As I said at the start, no disrespect to Arteta, but if I'm Carlo Ancelotti, I'm looking at it. I've won Champions League. You know my name, Carlo Ancelotti. I'm a boss in football. And you didn't give me the job because for whatever reason, because you wanted Arteta, who's never managed before. I'm going to come and mash your team up on Sunday. That's the vibe I'd be on. 
His players have been in good form. They've been picking up points. It's not been perfect, but they've been accumulating points. They've been playing what I'd describe as old school sort of football. 4-4-2. Richarlison and what's his face? Calvert-Lewin surely gets a Euros call-up if he continues. I'm sure he's got 11 goals this season. Battering Rams. They'll come deep and try and make things happen. Set pieces, Arsenal have to be switched on. Aerial situations, Arsenal have to be switched on. The counter-attack. Arsenal have to be switched on. Players like Dijene who puts in a lot of crosses, be switched on. Sigurdsson from set pieces. In the same way that I feel they're extremely dangerous to Arsenal um, and harm Arsenal's threats winning the game because they can score in set pieces, they're extremely vulnerable from set pieces as well. The second ball, in, so we need to exploit that as well. In general, the second ball against Everton is vital. You go and look at, I could be wrong, was it Everton against West Ham? I could be wrong, and I'm sure against Watford, similar circumstances. But sometimes their corners come in, someone might just head it back across and someone will fight and scramble that in. Who is it? I swear the other week, was it against Palace? Richarlison headed it off, off the bar and Calvert-Lewin is there to sweep it up. Confidence that Carlo and the boys have been playing with and, and Carlo's transmitted and the players have transmitted to the fans. They've got nothing to lose in that. It's more question marks if Arsenal don't win this game, sort of thing. Um and whatnot. Obviously, Duncan Ferguson prior was doing his thing and he's probably still working with the strikers and giving them hella confidence. So they should come to the Emirates and be essentially fearless and not be scared of the threat that any threat really that Arsenal potentially could pose. They should come here 100% with the intention to come and mash us up. Hopefully, that's not the case. I want to go out there and turn up personally, people. Um, I don't even know for formations and things. If you want to see more of a detailed Arsenal versus Everton preview, then you got to head to my YouTube channel, Deluded Guna, for anyone that's tuning in for the first time. Come on, people. I had to drop the shameless plug still. But moving forward, though, Champions League thing. Start with Spurs against Leipzig. How they only lost 1-0, people? I don't know, because Leipzig were peppering them. I think Ethan Amanfadu, who's kind of been starved of football under Nagelsmann, did very well in that game. Um... They were obviously, Leipzig were lose, lost a couple of key players as well. Pomacano, sure Arsenal fans wanted to see him, weren't there. A couple other men weren't there. But I don't want it to be a thing. And it could be if Leipzig lose this tie, they've only got themselves in this first leg to blink. They didn't take their chances. I felt for a lot of the time, um, Spurs kind of looked a bit timid, resigned to losing, lacking ideas, um, really. I think less, I think the newish kind of players were the only ones really doing dirt, like Lacelso had a couple free kicks and that. Um, I think Gedson Fernandez, a couple of his passes went a bit straight, but in his role, relatively, he did okay. I think Bergerai tried. I think Mora kind of tried. I think players tried, but it just weren't enough. It was really Leipzig's game. They were peppering Spurs, and how they didn't win 3 4 5, I don't know, people. Obviously, the penalty is what made the difference. And again, with Werner stepping up, courtesy of Ben Davis making that mistake. But it's knockout football, possession, and all these things. Take it as an Arsenal fan, it don't mean nothing. It don't mean nothing. It's 1 0. Now, it's an away goal, um, so it's essentially 2 0. Um, but it's advantage Spurs really in that I know they're missing players and especially I mean if you needed to overturn a, a, a one well a technically one goal lead two goals in reality because of away goals um, to not have Son and Harry Kane is an L but you'd imagine they could score goals if they fix up or if they try and play like how they played away from home and they might even try to because Jose might concede you know away atmosphere in that they're going to get blitzed let's be honest like they will get ripped but all it takes is one away goal and they're back in this two to go through 
and it complicates things for Leipzig. And if you're Leipzig, really, and you scrutinise that performance, they only scored, at, if they assuming they didn't score again in the next leg, they only scored from a penalty situation for all the, I don't know for statistics, but watching the game, all the shots and, you know, all the shots and possession and chances and heart-in-mouth moments for Spurs fans ultimately came to nothing. Regardless of injuries, if I was a Spurs fan, you've not got much to lose, Carl. Some Spurs fans might have accepted because of injuries and whatnot and how Jose, I know not a, not a lot are happy right now. They might not think they're going through, but they, I'd, I'd be confident in getting a goal at, at, in, in, away in Germany. But it's up to them, people, man. Hopefully, obviously, don't get twisted. Hopefully, Spurs don't do it. I'm an Arsenal fan. Let's not, I'm, I'm not biased, but let's not forget, like, I don't want Spurs to win. My heart can't go through Spurs in the Champions League final again. People, I was going to cry. If, if Spurs won that and they put that badge, the, the thing. It would have been mad. Imagine Spurs going to a new stadium, winning Champions League. All the excuses that we used to defend as Arsenal fans of you've got to take time before you win stuff with the with, with, with the stadium. We would not be able to talk to Spurs fans. I'll be screaming, but you ain't on the league though. When you in the league though, you're moving like Liverpool. When you in the league though, like on a shameless thing. You know, one day they even mean it. Champions League for me is the biggest one. Clearly, I'm not a footballer, but as a youth, that's the thing I wanted to win people. That is what I wanted. Um, Dortmund against PSG Really them games They live up to You know All the You know we watch these games For, for entertainment and excitement Both teams got ballers It lived up to it Sanjo Baller For me Mbappe was kind of poor When you've got Mbappe Sanjo Neymar I think Sanjo Walked away with the most credibility Neymar scored And then When he scored PSG did not switch on At all And conceded again But um, I think Sanjo played well Obviously, Highland. I think he was a bit overexcited in the first half. I don't think he played as bad as people kind of went on, but he showed he's a predator in the box with with um to be in the right area for the first goal and the second just unleashed that but that rocket baller. I think Hakimi played hard. I think Zagadou played all right defensively. Lets himself down with his passes. Um, I think he was a like we obviously Gio Reyna or Giorgio Reyna. Can't remember his first name. Came on um, and set up um, Highland. Obviously, if you're old enough, you've seen their parents play football. Um, so it's a bit of a funny moment in football where people realise how old they are. Um, but yeah, I think that game really lived up to expectation. I don't think Mbappe and I'm, I think Mbappe is a quality player and one of the best in the world. But when I've been watching him in France and in the champs, he's not necessarily been in the best form of late, regardless of goals. Neymar was turning on the skills, but it came to Norvell. He obviously scored, forgive me if I'm wrong. Kazawa had a tough time at, at left-back. I don't think he played a pull-in, but I think he had a tough time at full-back. That was an eventful game. Um, Atlanta, like, I watched the highlights. That was a crazy game. And I mean, last season, I'm sure they qualified for the champs last season. Or was it they qualified for it this season because of last season's campaign? I think it was the latter. But they've been doing their thing. And they beat Valencia four goals to one. And Valencia have it all to do. They've got one away goal. I mean, if they score three, they can, you know. I swear that I swear, if they were to score three at home, people, technically, if they were to win the second leg 3-0, they'd go through. Football is a shag. This away goal thing is dead. But um, probably a bit too much for Valencia. And they're gone and they've shot themselves in the foot, essentially, people. Atletico Madrid defeated Liverpool goal to nil. Atletico have to go to Anfield. And obviously, if you're a Liverpool fan, you've seen en route to the final last year. You've seen them overcome tougher scorelines. They're gonna need to. They're gonna need Anfield to be as magical as it potentially can be, which it will be on that night. You've heard Robertson, Klopp, everybody at Liverpool's kind of vexed that um, that Atletico Madrid um, won the game. I feel Liverpool didn't really play well, man. They didn't really break. They didn't really fashion quality chances, man. Like they didn't really play like Liverpool, and um, really. 
Why can't you not just wait and lose in the league, man? Why you always gonna mess things up for everybody? But is what it is, man. They lost, and that's that. Moving on from that, though, and I believe Jose Mourinho does not sound impressed at all. He has said in relation to the injury issues at Spurs, I believe we are in trouble. Jose Mourinho, our good friend Jose Mourinho. Now he is not happy in relation to his current situation at Spurs in relation to injuries he has said once again we are in trouble expanding on that let me flip the page apologies he has said it was if it was just this game i'd say no problem but we have the fa cup and the premier league games lemena you know how many training sessions with the team zero direct from injury to recover with physios then direct to 20 minutes in the champions league I knew Lemayna could only give us 20 minutes and I knew Ndombele could not play 90 minutes. I tried to manage the pieces I had. Lucas Moura was absolutely dead. Steven Bergdry was absolutely dead. And Lacelso was absolutely dead. In relation to uh, um, to Deli Ali, I'm all sure you saw Deli Ali's frustration when he... I don't know if it was his, his bib, um, his shirt or his bottle, but... In the game, he threw something down and he was frustrated. And I like to see that from him. I don't. I do think fans need to sometimes be fair to players. I think many a time when a player's been subbed and he hasn't had a good game, or in general, if he shows a, a, a lack of emotion or, pardon me, doesn't necessarily show some, I don't know, personality. People say they don't care. When they react like how Delhi has, and I've seen Ozil do that before, they're called disrespectful and arrogant. Obviously, there are some individual periods or moments with players where it is disrespectful but for me that showed that Deli Ali cared about it it showed that he was beat up that he never made the difference and obviously nobody wants to be subbed but for me it's more of a thing where he feels he hasn't contributed well he's been on the field sort of thing um but it is what it is in that regards in relation to the injury Spurs really have been drawn a shorthand with injury and whatnot but you never know what could happen man um, they've got it all to do they've got injuries and they've got Chelsea at the weekend um, should we talk about transfers quickly people speaking about transfers very briefly apparently Juventus are working hard together are working hard to put together an offer for Manchester United midfielder Paul Pogba Gazette um, de los Sports Nicolo Serrara I can't say his name of course my Italian people but he's a very respected journalist he says Juventus are working on a possible deal which involves a fee plus Aaron Ramsey who's obviously failed to settle in Turin. Apparently this offer will be around 42 to 50 million pounds and Ramsey in exchange for Pogba. And I must admit United did try to get him before Arsenal beat to the signing of Ramsey and I must admit I do think should be getting more than 50 for Pogba but I mean 50 million Ramsey who they'll probably turn around and say prior to signing for a free transfer was 40 50 million they'll try and say this is worth a hundred odd million in terms of a transfer it could be something because I mean in theory Pogba and Ramsey in terms of technical ability there's no comparison but to get a goal scorer midfielder potentially to partner with Bruno Fernandes um, and Fred and things it could and obviously 50 million not that the money is a thing to Man United um, could help them make a difference Apparently, Liverpool are looking to raid Arsenal for two of our most promising young talents, Bakayo Saka and Martinelli. Saka in particular, obviously because of his contract. And I must admit, if I was Liverpool, I'd do the same because Bakayo Saka is not a fullback like Arteta has said, but he can master fullback as a position long term. 
Obviously, he could fight Robertson for that position. The way Liverpool play, I think Saka will be lovely in that. Obviously, he can play on the flanks as well. And he could be the long-term replacement to Mane out there for Liverpool. Um, in regards to Martinelli, unless you've got 50, 60, 70 million right now, that's the only reason the Only reason I would sell him um, if we could get that. But even then, it'll be worth that in the future. Um, it would be silly. Um, I think there's plenty of... There's other gems out there. It's just down for teams to find them. Um, so Martinelli is our gem. Hopefully, we can find some more people. Moving away from that, though, and apparently Lionel Messi um, has kind of spoken about Neymar people. He said he was disappointed with the original departure of Neymar. He said... I've said several times in sport terms, Neymar is one of the best in the world and I would like him to come back. So you can imagine there's going to be a push to bring Neymar back to Barcelona. UEFA has apologised for a technical error um, in which Euro 2020 tickets um, have left thousands of fans out of pocket. A new batch of tickets for this summer's tournament was made available for Wednesday for fans um for fans unsuccessful in initial ballots fans who thought they had secured tickets then also bought flights and accommodation but received an email hours later from the footballing from the european footballing's governing body to say transactions had been cancelled tickets tickets became available due to the failure of supporters to pay or type for tickets they had previously ordered these tickets were subsequently sold however due to a technical error for a short period of time a number of tickets which were not for sale were made available for purchase fans who purchased those tickets received a cancellation email and no charge was made to their credit cards which is crazy and i believe there's a fan from torquay um james lofthouse from torquay thought he had four tickets for england's game against the czech republic on the 23rd of june um and he also had tickets for the 19th of june um he spent 90 minutes in an online queue but he spent 700 quid on six tickets and it hasn't happened, people. Apologies. Oh, man. Work's been a killer, but... That's, that, that just, this just, for me, is another kick in the modern football fan's face because, it, it, for obvious reasons, you've you've said the thing... Obviously, if it's a legit accident, it's a legit accident, but you've made people, you know, queue up for hours online, buy the tickets, and then you realise this would never happen to a higher class of people. Um, and, yeah... We all know that the European competitions is going to be full of executives and executive mates and all these sort of things, people. Um, moving away from that, though, long story short, PSG president Nassil El Khelafi, forgive me for my mispronunciation, has allegedly been charged by Swiss prosecutors following an investigation into the awarding of media rights to football tournaments, for FIFA tournaments, sorry. He is accused of inciting criminal mismanagement in connections with allegations of Jerome Volke um, exploited his position as FIFA General Secretary. Volse, I cannot say his name, is charged with accepting bribes, criminal mismanagement and falsification of documents. It is alleged he has accepted unfair advantages in exchange for TV rights. On Thursday, El Khalafi said he expected the charge against him would prove completely groundless and without any substance whatsoever. Swiss Attorney General announced on Thursday that charges had been brought against Valke, um, El Khalafi, and a third businessman over rights for various World Cup and. Oh, my alarm's gone off, people. <laughs> That's how you know I should still be sleeping. But, um. Yeah, like I said, um, there had been charges brought against Valke El Cafe and a third businessman over the rights for various World Cup and Confederation tournaments. 
between 2018 and 2030. Valke is accused of accepting rent-free accommodation in an Italian villa brought by El Calafi, who is the chairman of Bean Media Group. Um, moving forward, it says the charge relates the charges relate to Valke's time as FIFA General Secretary between 2013 and 2015, when he is accused of influencing the award the award rights for Italy and Greece. A further bribery complaint against Alfa has been dropped after FIFA reached an agreement with the Qatari businessman at the end of January. Um, so yeah, man. Long story short, and he's kind of obviously he's come out and denied them. He's come out fighting and denied these comments of sorts, people, um, and said it it really ain't nothing. So we have to see what happens. But you do think FIFA, UEFA, everybody is going hard against mainly clubs owned by you know Middle Eastern businessmen, but also people that have been accused of spending and buying leagues and buying success. Like I said, he's come out and said these rumors are not true. They're not going to come to anything. Of course, we'll never know the truth if his hands are clean or hands are dirty. You can't imagine how many, not too many hands in this in this football society are clean. Moving away from that though, and Pep Guardiola has said he'll 100% stay at the club and a couple of players at City have said the same and he believes the truth will prevail in relation to Manchester City's European um, impending ban from the Champions League. As you lot know, at least pending an appeal to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, not only have Man City been fined £25 million and €30 million, Euros, they've also got an impending ban for two years against the, in the Champions League. For players like Kevin De Bruyne, who are going to be, what, 30, 31, if the team are allowed back in when they say they are, he misses Champions League in two of their best seasons and I'm sure everyone wants to play in the champs. Players have said they'll stay, it is what it is, but it would be an L um, in that regards. Um, Pepe said, we appeal... When someone believes they are right, they have to fight. We are professionals on the pitch. What happens off it, we cannot do much. We play our game the best as possible. We have a lot of interesting things to play for. If they don't sack me, I'll be here. I love this club. I like to be here. This is my club and I'll be here no matter. The club has to fight and I trust the club 100% what they have done and they have explained to me. This situation is not finished and we will wait. But until the resolution is done, you have to play and play. And that is what is going to happen. So, yeah, people, like I said, they apparently City have been expecting this, people, been expecting this verdict. So you can imagine different sorts of lawyers, sport lawyers, contractual law lawyers, legal lawyers, general lawyers. There's a bad, possibly must be a bag of expensive lawyers and the, the most, you know, trailblazing sort of lawyers that money can find and they've been expecting this so they're gonna fight this all the way my gut is that they'll bust case and this will come to nothing but that's just me personally people um obviously in response in response to to the claim serrano who i believe's got a high ranking position at man city he has said we are a sustainable club we are profitable we don't have depth our account our accounts have been scrutinized many times by auditors by regulators by investors and this is perfectly clear and we have been, he said, that the club, that they were considered guilty on every step. We did cooperate with this process. We delivered a long list of documents and support that we believe um, is substantial evidence um, that these claims are not true. It was hard because we did this in the context of information being linked to the media, in the context of feeling that every step of the way, every engagement we had, we felt that we were considered guilty before anything was even discussed. At the end, this was an internal process that had been 
initiated and then prosecuted and then judged by this FFP chamber at UEFA. Apparently UEFA have declined to reply to comments. Um, Moving away from that, apparently you lot know betting and football are synonymous. Betting in football is synonymous to the point where I myself subconsciously, I don't even see... The, the 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 what's the things the sponsors on shirts anymore i don't even acknowledge it i don't even clock the book the boards and the ballots and things like that and obviously some clubs dealings with bookmakers has been scrutinized apparently long story short um several mps believe the government is ready to act imminently to remove the widespread presence of gambling companies in british football a close source to the department of digital culture media and sport confirmed the government is now seriously pursuing the review. The Prime Minister's election campaign chair, Ian Duncan Smith, has also been a considerable critic of gambling companies over the years. Ten Premier League clubs have gambling sponsored embezzled across their their kit, sorry, and it is estimated that the combined income from these betting partnerships is around 70 million a season. This does not take into account the many other deals leading clubs have with gambling firms such as preferred betting company partners or sponsors. Richard Masters, who is the new chief executive at the Premier League, acknowledged football's long relation with betting companies and said, we're certainly not sniffy about it. It's up to our clubs whether they they want to have their own gambling sponsors relations. In the second tier of football, the championship, 15 of the 24 clubs have gambling firms as their main shirt sponsors while director of a club in that division estimated that the EFL and its 72 clubs receive in the region of 45 million per season from the industry. Stoke for example are owned by a betting company Bet365 and their stadium is named after that firm while the company's logo is on the team shirt. Derby also in the second tier as you know with 32 Reds struck a, struck a deal with their betting fund funding company betting sponsor company to help fund the salary and the signing of Wayne Rooney now you can obviously see betting in football there needs to be better regulation just I don't even think of betting services necessarily I'd say more help for fans we do have to take accountability but I do think fans especially with a lot of man to mind know that all the accumulators and that is very easy to bet and obviously it should be regulated a bit more but at the end of the day I just see how much these because what you can't just assume it's their big clubs. Again, I don't. I'm not a finance man, but 15 of 24 clubs in the championship, they're they're all not Leeds or, or West Brom pushing on promotion. There's a team that's barely just afloat, if anything. So you think how much does this money, in whatever way, impact them? So it could have a knock-on effect. Um, and ha- again, betting companies, we know betting. You know, I won't say it's immoral because it, it's not necessarily immoral, but. Um, you know they don't necessarily have morals in that sort of industry, but um, where they meant where the clubs meant to make up the other shortfall, betting and football go hand in hand in the same way. You know, food food marketing goes hand in hand with football for obvious reasons of match day experience. So I don't know people, but I'm all for regulating. I'm all for regulating. I say people. Um, I'm all for it. Um, so we'll see how that one develops. Away from that, people, I'm not sure if you've seen Barcelona completed the signing of Martin Braffright from Leganes for 80 million euros. He signed a four-year deal, people. Great for the 28-year-old from Middlesbrough to that. Um, he's, um, yeah, as you know, you've, um, Barcelona had some injury issues and they was allowed to sign a player, obviously, after Suarez and Dembele ruled out for a significant period of time. Um, they, they signed this guy activating his release clause not much that could be done by his club Luganis. Um 
and then brought him to the club. And I did think La Liga is very unfair in that they allow Barca to sign this guy, but Lugano's in a relegation battle. They won't let them sign a replacement. Apparently, that stance has shifted now, I'm seeing online, and they are allowing them to facilitate something. You've actually heard Morano Diaz from Real Madrid to them on loan. I don't know how valid that is, people, but we'll have to see what happens. Um, it is quite sad how one there's rules for one team and then not rules for the other. Um, should we go back to transfers quickly, people? Because I do think I missed some out. I missed quite a, quite a few out, really and truly. And apparently, Manchester United are confident of signing Dortmund striker Jadon Sanjo in the summer, but know they must qualify for the Champions League. Solomon Rondon believes Manchester United made a late bid to sign him from, from his Chinese side on deadline day. Timo Werner, you've seen and said he's proud to be linked with Liverpool. And you can imagine he's about to join them, really. Um, apparently, Lionel Messi was phoned by LA Galaxy to discuss a move to the MLS side. And Messi has also admitted that weird things are happening at Barca. Obviously, in relation to reports, not only with how the board is moving, but the club hired a social media company to criticise their players, which is crazy. He's, he's still said he feels at home at Barca, but you'd imagine something, not necessarily directly correlating to Messi, but something is going to have to change at Barca. Um, a player I've done a video on before, Milot Risica, who has a 31 million buyout clause and plays for Werder Bremen, has been linked with Liverpool, who are planning a move for the 23-year-old. Apparently, Juventus have identified Gabriel Jesus and Icardi as transfer summer targets back to Manchester United. And apparently, Manchester United's asking price for Paul Pogba means Juventus are weighing up Bayern Munich and Spain midfielder Thiago Alcantara as an alternative. He's been linked with a move away. Um, Arsenal apparently interested in Jonathan Tarr, who will be available for £33.4 million, million pounds, £40 million. Euros. How true that is, I don't know. Um, apparently, Liverpool, not Liverpool, Chelsea are keen on signing Bright, Bright, Birmingham City's 16-year-old midfielder Jude Bellingham. However, his £50 million price tag could affect their ability to tie down their English midfielder, Ajonian, on a long-term deal. And Ajonian is a very decent player within their 23s. He played well against Arsenal the other day. He's very strong. His movement's good. His technical ability is good. Very, very much the modern day footballer, and like you see with Clinton Mola and whatnot, the pathway is opening up at Chelsea. But is it open to the extent they would like to see, or if they believe a pathway isn't there, should they stay? The logical answer lies with <laughs> with no. Clearly, you shouldn't stay if you don't believe you're going to get suitable first team football. Um, apparently, Arsenal, Everton, and Leicester are, are among seven clubs interested in signing Gent. And Canada striker Jonathan Davis, as I've made a video about, apparently, according to Leverkusen sporting director Kai Hervats, could be available in the summer. Um, in, and he's a target for Liverpool and Bayern Munich. And you've obviously seen he's been linked with, you know, he's been linked with £100 million moves to clubs, people, which is crazy. Um, and you never, and you, and you just, you just never know what could, what could happen for you. Um, Leaving that, moving away from that, I don't think I've touched on the Europa League. Obviously, Arsenal, we got out of jail in the last 15 minutes or so um, against Olympiacos. Lacazette, who missed a number of chances, <laughs> managed to um, 
poke home from a low driven cross from Saka courtesy of great play from Aubameyang to bring the ball down and get the move going but also Mustafi nobody's really stating Mustafi's role he brought the ball out from defence he sprayed it to Aubameyang to get the whole thing moving and I think Mustafi was really faultless and, and didn't really make no, didn't make no mistakes yesterday and he's been in a decent bit of form and he's doing his best to get his Arsenal career back on track but in relation to my preview of the Premier League football, my review and just any other topics we've covered along this podcast, we've hit a, a, a wall now, people. We're at the end of our journey. I hope during these 40-odd minutes I've provided you some quality content, I've provided you some good talking points and I've had a lot to say. There's been a lot of things that I would have liked to have spoken about, but we'll cover them next week. On that note, people... Thank you for listening to the Deluded Podcast. Make sure you check out my YouTube channel for any content. Yeah, I'm out.